Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday Night Live Bible Study. I'm with you tonight, and Kim's behind the uh, camera and also on the computer. So if you'd like to say hello to Hope, I know she'd greatly appreciate it. Pop sitting in with us again tonight. We've had prayer. We're ready to go. If you have a prayer need, please remember, send that to us tonight. And at the end of the program, we will uh, pray for you. And we've got a few folks. We uh, already have Brother Ken that's recovering. And Reverend Shane uh, had surgery on his back. And he's recovering, doing great. We're just going to continue to trust God for what he's doing in their life. want to remind you, always check out our website glennmillsministries.com a lot of great information there for you uh, we just released our first podcast the other day it is entitled Glenn Mills Learning, Loving and Living the Word of God you can find that on Facebook and uh, we'll get our daughter Rachel and Jared and her husband to update uh, our website and get a link on there so once you go to it you'll be able to pick it up without any problem at all but uh, you can go back on Facebook and look at or listen to that podcast, Glenn Mills, uh, Learning, Loving, and Living the Word of God. Tonight, uh, we want to talk about, and by the way, Merry Christmas to everybody, and we will be with you next Tuesday night, which is Christmas Eve. I know a lot of you may be busy, and if you are, that's fine. You can watch uh, the archive program at a later time, later date, whenever it is convenient for you, but we will, and also New Year's Eve, We'll be still doing the service that night as well. I want to talk tonight about our relationship with God. That's really mind-boggling when you begin to think about it because there is a reason why we are able to have a relationship with God. And, and someone might say, well, what do you mean by that, that we're able? I mean, come on, think about it. How amazing it is that we as physical beings can actually have a relationship with God. I mean, come on now. Think about it. We, as imperfect, sinful, weak human beings that we are, can have a relationship with God who is almighty, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's ever-present, he's pure, he's holy, and yet we can have a relationship with with him now like many things there is a i believe a process involved at least that's what i'm calling it a process some preachers might say it is keys it'll pillars it's foundations it's steps and so on but we're just going to explain this tonight by what i call a process so how does our relationship that we are truly honored to have privileged to have it's a miracle in itself how is it we can have a relationship? How does it begin? Ephesians 2.8 tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of God. Beautiful scripture. Again, Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves it is a gift of God. So, to begin the process, how do we come into a relationship with God? Number one is by grace. Now, grace initiates the relationship. So, if you're taking notes tonight, remember, it starts with grace. How can we, as imperfect as we are, have a relationship with the almighty, all-perfect, all-knowing, everlasting God? It's because, number one, it is grace. It initiates 
the relationship that we have with God. Initiates means to a process or action to begin. It is a process or an action to begin something. Now, for our relationship to begin, it was God's grace. It was God who initiated the relationship. Grace, as many of you know, if you've been a Christian long at all, is unmerited favor. It is undeserved. Bottom line, we didn't deserve it. <laughs> that, that's the awe of it all, is that when we think about who we are, and then we read the Word, and even glimpse who God is, we, we begin to realize how unworthy we are. But then we realize by His grace, His, His unmerited favor, giving us what we really did not deserve. Now, some have said in the acrostic that grace is simply God's riches at Christ's expense. That God gave His Son so we could have a relationship with Him. So grace initiates the relationship. That is the first thing we need to understand. If it were not for grace, we wouldn't have a relationship with God at all. Can somebody say amen? Yes. Ephesians 1, 4, For God chose us, oh, listen to this, in Jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and in his love. Before the foundation of the world, God created us knowing that Adam and Eve would sin, that mankind would fall, but that he would one day send his son Jesus to not only restore, but to redeem us back to God, therefore giving us the relationship that's available to us now. And all of that is because of grace. Grace initiates the relationship. Then we see, secondly, faith. Once the grace, then faith. Now, to me, faith is a knowledge of knowing who is initiating the relationship. It is knowledge of who is initiating the relationship. Now, the Bible says we can't even please God without faith. But to me, faith is a knowing. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. People say, well, all I need is faith. Well, that's not what James said. James said in the word of God, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Faith is a knowing. It is knowing the one who initiates the relationship. It is coming to know God. God, his word, and his Holy Spirit being revealed to us. Again, in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, a knowing of who God is, what he's done, what he wants to do, it is impossible to please God. Now listen to what it says. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that means he exists, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Wow, I mean, that is awesome. You think about that. But without faith, without a knowing, because you can't accept what you don't know. You can't believe what you don't know. God says, first, we know him. He's the one, by his grace, who initiates the relationship. But then faith says, I understand, I know who has given the invitation, that God is reaching out to me. God first chose me before I ever chose him. But then it says that, we must believe that he is. 
I remember years ago when I read that, I thought it was a contradiction. I thought it was a misprint because it says we must believe that he is and that he is a reward or not. Something's wrong with that. But the is first means he exists. You know, you can't introduce somebody to God who doesn't believe he exists. You can't introduce an atheist to God because they don't believe he exists. But if you know he exists and you have faith, you have a knowledge, then you can begin a process of receiving him. Faith gives us knowledge of, of who is offering the relationship, why it is being offered, and the benefits of the relationship. So we've got grace. Amen. It's good stuff, ain't it, Pop? Yeah. We've got grace that initiates the relationship that we don't deserve. But then we've got faith. And again, faith is a knowledge of who God is offering the relationship, why it is being offered, because God wants to bring us back into fellowship with him by his son and the benefits of the relationship, which I could preach 49 sermons yeah. <laughs> on the benefits of the relationship we have with God. But we don't have that much time. But number three, third step in the process, I believe, is trust. Now, a lot of times people get faith and trust mixed up. Faith is a knowing. Trusting, this is what is accepting the invitation and activating the relationship. So one is to know, but the other is to put it into action. Faith says God gave an invitation. Trust says you receive it. There's a big difference there. You can't have faith and not have trust. They go hand in hand. In Psalms 9:10, the Word of God says, "And they, being the believers, that know, look, faith, that know thy name, will put thy trust in thee, for thou, Lord, have not forsaken them who seek thee." Wow, what a beautiful scripture! And they, the believer, that know, there's your faith. Thy name will put thy trust in thee. You have to know Him before you can receive him. So we got grace, we've got faith, and now we're seeing trust. Faith is to know and understand, but trust is to activate what you know. It is to put your faith into action. And that's what James was talking about. So now we see the relationship progressing. Grace gives, it, gives us the relationship. Faith says, I know about the relationship, but now trust says, I'm going to accept that invitation and I'm going to get involved in that relationship with God, even though I don't deserve it. Number four is obedience. Once you've known the grace, once you have the faith, once you've activated in trust, then comes obedience. If you are in a relationship, there are certain things required to be in that relationship for it to work and to progress. Now, obedience is maintaining the relationship. I hope you're getting this. So grace initiates it. Faith is a knowledge of it. Trust is activating it. But obedience is now maintaining the relationship we have with God. In Luke 11, 28, Jesus replied, Blessed, which means happy to be envied, rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. My friends, I'm not going to jump all over this tonight, but obedience is a key factor in the walk you have with the Lord. We cannot live in disobedience and maintain our relationship with God. 
cannot do it. There's way too much in the Word of God that says it can't be done. There are a lot of people out there preaching a grace message that God did it all through Jesus Christ and all you have to do is believe that Jesus exists and, and everything else that you don't have to do anything else that you'll say... You don't even understand the tabernacle. You haven't even made it past the altar of sacrifice. You've got to go two more steps to get to the Holy of Holies. We go to the offering and we stop there. You've got to keep progressing in your walk with the Lord. Obedience is a factor of maintaining the relationship. Like any relationship, if you're in a relationship and you don't do what is required, you're going to probably lose the relationship. If you're in a marriage tonight and you become unfaithful in that marriage, you're going to probably end up divorced. Something's going to, why? Because you've broken the commitment to the relationship. And obedience maintains the relationship we have with God. It is crucial that we be obedient to God's word. Matter of fact, Jesus said it himself, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Obedience, however, what's so great about it? It unlocks the door of God's blessing and favor. The Bible says, God will be a debtor to no man. You walk in obedience to God and watch what happens in your life. God is going to bless you. God is going to favor you. It's going to be to your benefit to be obedient to the Lord. Disobedience brings destruction in your life. It's going to bring frustration. It's going to bring a lot of issues we don't want to deal with. But if we walk in favor, and it doesn't mean everything's going to work perfect, but everything is going to work out right. If we trust God, if we're obedient, God deserves, the Bible says, obedience over sacrifice. Right. It's more important that we're obedient because you can sacrifice your time and your money and still not be obedient to God. So we've got the grace, we've got the faith, we've got trust. All of these are a process, but obedience is also key. Again, Jesus said in John, the one that said, I want you to know where it's at. 14, 15, if you love me, he says, keep, which means obey my commandments. Amen? Amen? Number five is praise. Now, what has praise got to do with our relationship? Praise is celebrating the relationship. Now, I want to bring you back up real quick. You say, why do you keep going up? I don't want you to miss it. Grace initiates our relationship with God. Faith is knowledge who's giving the invitation that we can have with God a relationship. Trust is accepting the invitation, activating the relationship. Obedience is maintaining the relationship with God, but praise is celebrating the relationship we have with God. Amen. We ought to be celebrating okay. that God loves us and we can have a relationship with Him. We ought to be thrilled. We ought to be celebrating as I preached last week. And if you missed that message, you need to listen to it. It's also on our podcast, Glenn Mills, Learning, Loving, and Living the Word of God. Christmas was meant to be spiritual, not the material, physical that we've made out of it. It was meant to be spiritual. We were supposed to celebrate the Savior and His birth that He would come and be our Messiah. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, By him, being Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. I love that, continually. That is, 
the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, continually praising him every day at every moment in some way living a life that even the life we live gives him praise. Doesn't mean we've got to always be voicing it, but if you're going to voice something, voice his praises. He is worthy. But notice what it said at the last, that the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. I did a sermon once on the power of a name. Now, when you say God's name, look at what's involved here. Then you'll have plenty, plenty to celebrate and praise. One, it's the person that is who God is. When you begin to realize who God really is, and all we get is a small picture in the Word because He's a lot bigger than what we just see in the Word, and what we see in the Word is astounding of who God is. But when it says to praise His name, His name is who He is. It is also His position, which means His place of authority. When you begin to realize He's the Almighty, there, he, there is no other God above Him. He is the God above all gods. He is loving. He is just. He is fair. His name, his position, his authority, but also his power, what he is able to do. My friends, when we begin to realize what God can do, what God has already done, and also his provision, which means what he's able to give and supply, how can we not praise him continually? Those things right there, his person, his position, his power, his provision, should be enough to keep us continually praising and celebrating his name because of the relationship we have with him. Number six is worship. Well, what does worship got to do with it? That is cherishing the relationship. Praise is to celebrate it, but to worship means we cherish the relationship we have with God. In Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, in the Passion Bible that I like to occasionally use, listen to what it says. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, talking about the kingdom of God, we shall be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart. As we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe, for our God is a devouring holy fire. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, that's pretty serious. Yeah. Can, I, can I read that again? I think you really need to get this. Again, Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Since we are receiving our rights, he gave us rights in Jesus Christ to an unshakable kingdom. That means when we walk in who we are in Christ, then nothing in this world should be able to shake us or move us because we are solid in Christ and who he is. But he goes on to say, we shall be extremely, not just thankful, extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that does what? That delights his heart. Our worship to God's not about us. It's about how awesome he is. You know, so often people go to a church and they want praise and worship that makes them feel good. Well, it ain't about us. It's about our God. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. 
But the Bible says to give him the purest worship that delights his heart. And look at what part of the worship was happening in the process. That we lay down our lives in absolute surrender. Yeah. Filled with total awe. Because God is holy and a devouring fire. Amen. Wow. I really believe this with all my heart. The fear of the Lord, we hear this a lot, which is the beginning of wisdom. But my interpretation, what, what I understand the fear of the Lord to be, I want to give it to you, is not just an awareness of what he can do, but is also a realization of where we would be without him. Now, to me, that's the fear of the Lord. It's not just fearing him for what he is able to do. Because even Jesus said, don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body, but do nothing to the soul. He said, you gotta fear the one that can destroy the body and your soul in hell. And that ain't the devil. That is Almighty God, the same God of the Israelites, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is a loving, compassionate God, but he is a just and also a fair God, and we worship him. Why? Not just because we are aware of what he can do, but where we would be without him. I don't know about you. It, it, it terrifies me to think where I would be without my loving Heavenly Father. Man, my life would be, I mean, I've been without him before. I, I remember what it was like. I remember the uncertainty and, and the confusion and, and all the mess and, and walking and living in sin with, with no joy or peace. I remember, and I give him thanks every day for what he did for me, but the fear of the Lord to me is not just knowing what he can do, but also realizing where we would be without him. Just as I cherish my physical relationship with my wife above all physical earthbound relationships, together... One reason I fell in love with her is because she loved God more than me. And she knows that I love God more than her. And I can promise you, we both cherish our relationship with God above everything else on this planet. There's not another, nothing that's more important to the Kim and myself and any other true believer than God Almighty. You know, and, uh, and tonight... You may say that, but do you really mean it? If there's anybody in your life that's more important to you than God, then he's not God of your life. But I can promise you, if you really love the Lord, you'll put him before everything. Now, how can we not worship and adore a loving, patient, loving, long-suffering, loving Father that we have? Number seven is prayer, which is conversation and communication in our relationship. So we've got praise, which is a celebration. We've got worship, which is to cherish. But then we've got prayer, which is our conversation and our communication in the relationship. Matthew 6, 6 also in the Passion Bible says it this way. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber. That means the place of intimacy. In the Hebrew, the prayer closet means the bedchamber, the place of intimacy with God. And get out the physical, sexual things that corrupt our mind and realize that God made that intimacy with him to be beautiful. That we're in God and he's in us and we're in Christ and we're one with the Father. 
But he says, get into the innermost chamber, that place of intimacy, and be alone with the Father, praying to him in secret. And your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly. True, genuine prayer is speaking to God and also listening to what he has to say, as it is with any relationship. It can't be one-sided. God brings us into a relationship. We have faith. We have trust and praise and worship. We're obedient. But then we need to communicate with God. And that's what the beautiful thing about prayer. It allows us to not only talk with our Heavenly Father, but to listen to what He wants to say to us through His Word, through His Holy Spirit, through, through the, the prophets, the teachers, the pastors, through songs, through reading, through the Word, and so many ways that God speaks. But God will speak. And if we pray, He will hear us and he will talk with us. Number eight is to study his word. What does this do? It enhances the relationship with God. Wow. It enhances the relationship with God. In 2 Timothy 2.15 in the Amplified, it says, Study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, which means tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, which means rightfully handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Boy, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. The study of God's word with the teaching of the Holy Spirit not only enhances our relationship with God, but with others as well. Because then we fulfill the first great and the second commandment that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And the word of God will enhance our relationship not only with our Heavenly Father but with other people. And then number nine, which I believe is not only a pillar, is not only a progress, is not only a step, but it is fundamental and that is love. It's amazing we start out with grace, but what is grace if not love? Grace is God's love. It's God manifesting himself to us. So we don't only start there, we also end up there. Love is the force behind the relationship with God. In Mark 12, 33, and to love God with all your heart and with all your understanding, and with all your soul, and with all the strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more, look at what it says, than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Yeah. All God is, and all God does is love. And it all starts with grace. The very foundation of our relationship. Why can we have a relationship with Almighty God? Because He initiated it. We accepted it. We began to activate it. We praise Him. We thank Him. We celebrate Him. We cherish Him. We obey Him. And we do all of that because of one thing. Love. We love Him because He first loved us. Above all things, our love for God will always determine our relationship with God, always. If we don't love him, we won't have a relationship with him. Right. 
But my friends, I promise you, regardless of what we do, he loves us. And I want you to know he loves you tonight. He cares about you tonight. I just, I cannot tell you the plans that God has, but I know he has awesome plans for your life. Don't ever take for granted the relationship that you have with God. Because if it had not been for him, we wouldn't have one. If it were not for love, we wouldn't keep one. So I, I just challenge you with this tonight. If you've, if you've enjoyed this message, I pray that you will share it with someone else. That um, you'll just send it on. Use your social media as well as an avenue by which you can share um, Jesus Christ and you can minister to other people. And our prayer needs tonight, again, remember Brother Ken, uh, he's got bacteria from an operation that he had on his knee. I want you to remember him, Brother Ken Adams, and also Brother uh, Shane had back surgery. And from what I understand, he's doing really good. Uh, Shane, if you're watching tonight or if you're watching at another time, know that we love you. And my friends, what an awesome God we serve. If you've got a prayer need and you didn't send it in, we're going to come in agreement with you right now. And uh, looking down here on the list, I've got some folks that haven't been with us for a while, but I want to say how good it is. Matter of fact, Dwayne, my uh, cousin, I was thinking about you the other day. Brother, I believe God is doing awesome things in your life. You were on my heart the other day, and I just lifted up a prayer for you. And I'm just believing, Dwayne, God's got awesome things. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stay in the Word. Keep fellowshipping with the Father, and He's going to use you mightily, I promise you. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we want to thank you that and this Christmas season, we want to celebrate Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords. We want to exalt him. And I pray that, Lord, in the busyness of this season, that we will stop often and give you praise and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because that is what Christmas is truly all about. It is proclaiming the good news and giving you glory for the good news. It is worshiping you, evangelizing the good news. It is worshiping you and also supporting the work of the kingdom. That is Christmas. And Father, we thank you for that. And for our brothers, we lift them up that you continue to heal them and deliver them. And Lord, for this bacteria that's on Ken, we just pray against it tonight and we speak life to just flood into that situation and flood into that knee and flush that out tonight. And we pray for Shane back to be restored and be made strong and be made whole. And any other need tonight, we believe that you are meeting those needs, even as we're praying tonight. The Father, we give you honor, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we thank you continually for the relationship that we are allowed to have with you. Because you first loved us. And all God's people in the name of Jesus said, amen. amen and amen. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to check out our website. We've got a few changes to make on there. Don't forget, we are starting a podcast. Kim and I will be getting ours started pretty quick. Uh, ours will be entitled Thread of Truth. We're going to be talking about different subjects, uh, everyday life, and, and what the Word of God says about it. I'm going to let Kim head that up, and I'm just going to co-host because she is great in that area of dealing with subjects. Mine is more of a Bible study and a discussion on the Word of God, and that is Glenn Mills, Learning, Loving, and Living the Word of God. But check out our website, and uh, Rachel and Jared are going to be making some changes there for us. Folks, we love y'all. If you can tune back in next uh, Tuesday night, that will be Christmas Eve. And if you can't, you can watch it at another time. But be praying for this ministry. We've got some great things coming up in 2020, and we're going to be sharing those things. We're going to definitely need your help to do some things that we desire to do. 
We couldn't do it without our partners. We're going to give you opportunity, hopefully, and uh, God will use you to help us. If not, we know he's going to use you to help somebody else. But everybody ought to be supporting ministry in some way. Even Kim and myself, we support other ministries as well because we believe in the work that God is doing through a lot of awesome people. Folks, we love you. Can't tell you that enough. Hope to see you again at another time. Check out one of the many things that we do on the Internet.